Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, good morning, good afternoon, good evening from wherever you are tying in to listen to the Women Entrepreneurs Podcast. I am so excited or live radio show, depending on where you're listening. If you're listening with us live here at 11 a.m. Pacific time, I am Julie, a.k.a. Julie Brain Lady Anderson, and I am happy to be the host for this and the Brain Lady Speaks podcast. I am excited. I was telling our guest as we were doing the little uh, connection prior to going live that I'm excited to hear what her company has to offer. First, what her wisdom is, obviously, um, in bringing value to you as listeners and, and entrepreneurs, female entrepreneurs, and how you can be big and dynamic. But what she does is something, people, that I'm always telling entrepreneurs they need to get. They need to get support systems in place. And she has a wonderful one. So I want to talk to, we are going to welcome into the show, Shondell Varsiana. I should have asked her. Awesome. Awesome. Yay. Well, welcome, Shondell. Let me read a little bit about you. You are the owner of Varsi Media, which is a content writing company that helps financial institutions save time by writing contact content that speaks to their target audience. Shondell and her team have transformed their clients' blogs into solution provider for their companies. Awesome. Welcome to the show today, Shondell. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. So the topic that we have for the show is what no one told me about being a business owner. (laughs) This will be a fun one because it looks as though you had a corporate job. And mm-hmm. that you left to build your own business. So tell us, I always like to get a little bit of background on our guests. Tell us a little bit about what led you to where you're at today. What led you to go through, you know, working in corporate and then moving into building your own business? Uh, yeah, well, I didn't, I didn't plan to start my own business. I was, I was definitely not one of those little girls that said, you know, I want to grow up and be my own business owner or be my own boss. That wasn't me at all because I didn't grow up with entrepreneurs and business owners. I grew up with people who worked for companies, so employees. So that was just natural to me to just, you know, go to school, get a job, stay there, and then retire. That was the plan, I thought, because I had never seen anything different. So, um, And that's really what I did. Um, I started working in banking at 18 years old. Uh, really, I started working at 12. So I had like six years experience before I started working in banking. But um, my first job, real job, I would say, was um, in banking. For one of the, I'm originally from Toronto, Canada, and um, I worked for the oldest bank in Canada. I got a job there at 18. I just worked my way up there. And then I left there and I started working for um, a company called Canada Mortgage and Housing Corporation. Uh, that is um, an insurance company for mortgages. So the exact same thing as PMI here in the U.S., um, and while I was there, I paid off a couple mortgages that I had, um, the, the property I was living in, and then I had a rental property. So I paid both of those mortgages off in 2011. And um, a girlfriend of mine, I told maybe five people. 
And um, my girlfriend suggested that she, 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 she got so excited and said, you know, you have to help people to do the same thing. So I thought, you know, why not? And she suggested that I start blogging. Now, I had no clue what that was. I, she's very tech savvy. You know, I, I, I wasn't. And um, I had no clue what that was, and she told me what it was, and um, I thought, you know what, it's a great idea. So I started a blog. I um, learned how to create a blog, made my own website, and I started blogging. And over time, um, I started to get into the whole personal finance community, and, um, and that led to some really great opportunities. Um, after blogging for a while and just um, – and because I was in the banking industry, I was able to give the perspective on both sides because I was a lender as well. So I knew what banks were looking for in terms of um, if they were going to lend you money or not. So I was giving the perspective as a lender, and then I was giving the perspective as a customer on what it takes to actually, you know, buy your first property, then buy a rental property, and how it is with managing tenants and all of that good stuff and how to pay off your mortgage quickly. So I was giving a lot of tips on both sides of the fence, and, uh, and people like that. And radio stations eventually started contacting me, and magazines contacted me. I was in Red Book Magazine. Um, I, I did a few radio shows. And that led to me working for, uh, they just wanted to hear my story and how I did it and stuff like that. And that led to me working with a, a lady by the name of Gail Vazoxlade. So she is the Susie Orman, but of Canada. Um, and at the time when I had met Gail, she had had three television shows at the time and a radio show. So, she, so her platform just kind of blew me up. And once I started doing some work with her, companies started contacting me, wanting me to write for them. And I never really thought I was a good writer. Like, I just, I guess people thought I was, but I was like, you know, there's got to be better writers out there than me. And um, at the time, I was dating my husband. We were, we were dating at that time. And uh, I was just getting so much business that I could not handle it. And I still had my full-time job. So he suggested that I just hire some writers. And I thought, well, that's a great idea. I never even thought about that. So... Uh, so he comes from an entrepreneur background. His whole family, they're, you know, they're business owners and all that kind of stuff. So he was raised in that. So him saying that to me was just, you know, duh, like, why wouldn't you just hire people? And and that's <laughs> what I did. <laughs> and I, I just hired people. And then um, before I knew it, the business was actually making a lot more money than uh, the, com- the my full-time job was paying me. And uh, And at the same time, I wanted to move to Atlanta. So um, I just thought, you know, why not just bring the business to Atlanta? And uh, and that's how it, that's really what happened. And here we are today. Wow. What a story. It's kind of cool when a business grows up underneath you and you're not even realizing that it's doing it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Because that was never my intention. And I blogged for two years before all of the force things started to happen. But I was just giving out a lot of information for free for it was it was a, the two year mark was when, you know, the, the, the magazines and the radio stations started contacting me. So from, a, from just a practical um, perspective, you went from what you would consider, you know, a secure job, right, a nine-to-five, so to speak, where all of the parameters were created for you. What was it like when you left that job? Because I know there's going to be individuals, women out there who are going to be listening to this and they're going to be going, oh, I want to do not not the exact same thing, but in concept, you know, I want to be able to build a business, but I don't want to let go of my current mm-hmm. position or my current career. What was it like for you when you left? And Very what different. Was you, okay. <laughs> Share with Very, us. Cause, so, okay. So my situation um, may be a little bit different, but I, I still want to try to encourage people who are, who are where I was. So, okay. So a few things were happening while my business was growing. 
So I've always wanted to live in Atlanta. For 13 years, I've wanted to live in Atlanta. It took me 13 years to actually move to Atlanta from when I had decided I want to live here. So while my business was growing and when I started making more money than um, uh, the job was paying me, um, I was still hesitant. I was still like, I don't know. Because remember, I've never done this before. Like, this is not something I had aspired to do. This was just new. So, but the money was great because I was, you know, make it, had a couple streams of income coming in and it was great. Uh, but I, I was working for the federal government. So Canada Mortgage, Mortgage and Housing Corporation is owned by the Canadian federal government. That's like one of the best jobs you can have in Canada in terms of so-called security because uh, it's a government job. So it was very difficult for me to say, okay, should I quit? But a few things were happening. I wasn't happy at all. And even though they were paying me a lot of money, I wasn't fulfilled. And that was a problem for me because I knew that um, I, I knew that happiness is everything. And if you're not happy with what you're doing, what's the point? So that was something I was battling with. At the same time, we were trying to get pregnant. And at the same time, we were figuring out how to move to Atlanta. And none of that was happening. So we weren't getting pregnant. I, wasn't, I couldn't figure out a way to move to Atlanta. And I had this business that was growing. So one of the things that I knew was um, stopping us from getting pregnant was me having to juggle my full-time job and running this business because I was so stressed. And I was managing like 150 accounts for the government. So I was doing a lot, plus coming home at night and trying to run this business. Plus, we had just gotten married, and I'm trying to get pregnant. So I had made the decision. My husband and I had a great talk, and I had made the decision that I was just going to quit my job. Um, and I said, you know, the, the business is making enough money. Where And my husband had two businesses at that time. So I said, you know what, I'm just going to quit. Even if we do not move to Atlanta, I'm just going to, I just couldn't handle the stress anymore. So I made a mental decision that I was going to quit. So when I made that mental decision, um, we had an interview at the U.S. consulate to try to move to the U.S. Uh, all this was happening at the same time. So when we went for the interview at the U.S. consulate, we had found out that we were, you know, everything went well with the interview and they told us that we were going to be able to move to the States. I was going to be able to bring my business and move here to Atlanta. On our drive home from the interview at the U.S. consulate, um, I realized that my, I was late on my period. So my, I didn't even think about that. And I'm never late. Like, I wish it would never come back. But I'm never late. So we stop at Walmart. We get a pregnancy test. And we find out that we're pregnant. So the same day we find out we're going to move to Atlanta, we also found out we were pregnant. So that was just the yes that, okay, let's just, you know, have the baby, move to Atlanta, and then just have the baby in Atlanta. So that's how it kind of evolved um, in terms of me quitting the job and then, you know, I found out we were pregnant and then we just moved to Atlanta. But I will say that um, I didn't consider quitting until my business was making more money than I was making. Um, so the, the thought never even crossed my mind to quit until that happened because then I knew that it didn't matter. I didn't, at that point, I didn't need the income from my government job anymore. Because I, I already had it. And I knew that if I was able to dedicate more time to my business, I would be able to make more money. Because I was only dedicating part-time. So mm -hmm. that's how I came to the decision that we were going to move or quit, quit the job. Quit. Got it. Got it. So you, had a, you, you were able to manage, which a lot of, a lot of women are, have a hard time juggling that. But you were able to manage building that business at the same time that you still, until it, it met or su surpassed what you needed. So when you yeah. realized, when did you realize, was it just your, because you had mentioned that your husband or then fiance, I'm not sure at what stage of the game, that he suggested you start hiring people, a team 
to make this yeah. work because this is one of the things that I think is so important for you women entrepreneurs who are listening. There's no such thing in my mind as a solopreneur. I do not like that word because we can't build an empire by ourselves. We have to build a team, even if it's an outsourcing team, you know, we're outsourced. It doesn't have to be employees. It can be outsourced, but you have to think bigger than yourself because you just can never handle it. So when did you realize that? When did you realize that you were either going to hire or you were going to think? So I, um, I think at the beginning, you have to know what it is you want. I always knew I didn't want to be a one-man show. Um, and I knew at the very beginning that it would take a team for me to um, have the quality life that I wanted. So I'm all about the quality of life and then building a business around that versus the other way around, building my life around my business. That's not for me. Um, so I purposely built the business to um, be able to um, – you know, handle the quality of life that I want. And in order for that to happen, I had to hire. So right around the time when I had started blogging, I also read the four-hour work week, which just changed the way I thought about um, hiring. And th- like that just completely did it for me. Because I, I, I don't just look at hiring a team for your business. I look at hiring a team for my life, like I have, you know, to, to make our family work because we have two kids now. So I'm not just about, you know, hiring people to help my business, but I hire people to help me clean the house. Um, so things that we need doing in the house. So we, our mindset is just, it takes a village. It takes a team to make the dream work is our mindset. So early on, once um, I started getting more business than I could handle, rather than just saying no to the business, that was when my husband said, well, just hire people so you can take on more business. And I, that never even, I knew I didn't want to be a one-man show, but I think it was just, um, okay, I could do this. It, it was also getting my, my mind um, away from employee to employer because I had just been ingrained as an employee because that's all I had ever been. So, you mm-hmm. know, it, I had to shift my mindset to, okay, you, you do run this business. You know, my husband's like, you know, you have to have meetings with your staff, right? Like you can't just kind of, no one's going to schedule the meetings but you. Like it was just so funny, our conversations at the beginning, because I, I was uh-huh. just clueless. I just had no clue. You know, and he's like, okay, did you guys, are you guys having a meeting this week? Like, it was just so funny yeah. when I look back in our conversations because I, I, I was so green. I was just a baby in the, you know, I just, you just don't know what you don't know, right? And when you right. work for a company, they do everything for you. You know, they schedule, you just show up. And it's not like that when you have your own business. So, yeah, that was really just the mind shift. But I knew I had to hire once the, you'll know you have to hire once you, once you realize that you can't do it all yourself. So either you're going to get burnt out or your business is going to end up sinking or you're just going to have to turn away business. So you'll know when, when it's time to, um, to hire. Yeah, and it's scary sometimes to make that jump oh, yeah. to go, okay, I'm going to have to be responsible for providing a salary for another individual. But it's, mm-hmm. it, it allows you to go from, from a small boat in a, in a little pond to a beautiful ship or yacht yeah. in the ocean, right? Big, yeah. big difference. Yeah. Big difference. Absolutely. Well, and the now lives you, that it impacts too. Exactly. It's not, it's not about you anymore. Very much so. And and you can look at that with the the fear, but you can also look at it with the positive. If you can provide good jobs for good people, you're helping those people, right? So the very Absolutely. 
yeah, very positive thing. And you can choose. You can choose the energy and the people that you want to bring into your corporation or your organization, which is a wonderful thing. Now, yeah, and just when you said, you just mentioned fear, and I thought, because um, I get that question all the time, like, I'm afraid, but I, so am I. I'm still afraid. You just do it afraid, right? You just don't allow fear to cripple you. you it, like, we're all afraid. It doesn't matter how far you are. We're all afraid to get to the next level or to do something else, but you just do bring the fear with you. Cause you'll realize once you do it, that there really wasn't that much to be scared about. So just do it right. with the fear. That's that. Yeah. And let that drive you. Right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's, that's what I do. Like even to this day, like we just signed on a huge client and I was, you know, afraid cause I thought, wow, this is, you know, a big deal. But I thought, you know what, just who cares? Just do. And now I realize it really wasn't that bad. But fear right. creeps up on all of us. Not, nobody, you know, there's, there's no one that I know anyways, even super successful people that I've been fortunate, fortunate enough to meet, you know, they still are afraid. They still do things with fear. They just, you just yeah. do it. Yeah. You know, your brain, because <laughs> my other podcast, as a lot of people know, is The Brain Lady Speaks. So I'm all about the neuroscience and understanding the psyche and all that. And something that's very interesting about the brain is it likes familiarity, right? It likes to mm-hmm. see it's comfortable. Mm-hmm. Even yes. if even if its comfort is bad for you, it still likes comfort. <laughs> yeah, so, it's true. Right? So anytime you stretch outside of that comfort zone, that means you're telling your brain to do something that it's going to think is scary, so no matter how wonderful it is, you have to kind of push through that at many times, or as you said, just work with it, use it to mm-hmm. your advantage to drive you to be more successful. Now, I want to talk about real quick, um, briefly before we go on to marketing, I want to talk for a minute about the importance of blogging. Now, mm-hmm. I'm not, I, I personally, I don't like having to take a long time to blog, But I fully understand the benefits of blogs. My business does better when we have blog writers. And I have a blog. I do my podcasts, and then I have a wonderful assistant named Becca who takes, and she she writes blogs based on those podcasts. So share with the audience why, from your perspective, blogs are so important and why, if they're not doing it now, they need to be doing it for their business. Yeah. Uh, content is what's really, really important at the end of the day. We focus on the written word, but content could be anything. Netflix provides content um, through their movies and television shows. This is content that that you're providing right now through the podcast. Um, so we focus on the written word um, because people prefer the written word, just like some people prefer podcasts, just like some people prefer the audio version. So our focus being on the written word just allows us to tap into um, the audience that likes to read and may not have the time to listen or may not want to listen. Um, but the, the content that we write is very focused on meeting the needs of their target audience. So um, the only time any type of content should be provided is if it's, you know, solving some type of problem that your target audience has, answering the mm-hmm. questions that they have, um, clearing up any misconceptions that they have, um, discussing pain points that they have. So there's always a purpose for the, tar- the, the content, just like there's always a purpose for um, the content that we write for our customers. They're always solving, it's always solving some type of problem that the target audience has. So it's really an education. Uh, it, it's really a way to 
uh, educate your target audience and to build relationships with your target audience um, over a period of time so that eventually you can serve your target audience with your products and services. I love it. I love it. And then that, of course, does all the technical stuff like boosting your SEO. And... Yep, yep, yep. That's all, that's all added in there. Yeah, the keywords. Right, um, yeah, the keywords and everything that, yeah, it's, it's really a holistic approach, as, as I'm sure you know, um, in terms of content. Um, so it's, it's, um, it's, using, it's using the written word. It's, it's using podcasts. It's doing video. It's audio. It's, and then it's, it's showing up where your customers are consistently and then trying to bring them back to your website so that you can control that audience, right? Because yes. you can't control the audience on all the other social media platforms. However, you can use those tools to bring them back to your website, have them subscribe to your blog post or to a freebie that you have on your website. So now you have their email address, so now you create a funnel, and then you can control the list. You can control the audience at that point. So that's a perfect segue into the last point that we wanted to cover is the marketing end of it. So you, in your in your information, you have that you have a marketing degree, but mm-hmm. you mentioned that there's stuff that no one told you about marketing. So when you're talking yeah. about marketing, share with us your wisdom, your pearls on that. Well, I learned about the four P's in marketing. I have a marketing diploma, a few business certificates, and a degree in marketing, and I didn't, I've learned the most about marketing from running my own business um, because the, the factor that they don't teach in school is the, the relationship building. And, and that's the most important thing. Um, you have to build relationships with your target audience. You have to know them extremely well. Um, and that's really what it comes down to, people skills uh, when it comes to marketing. And I've realized that, but I've had to learn that. Um, because I, you, and you don't know what you don't know, like I was saying earlier, but that the, the business that we get and the consistent business that we get is based on the, the uh, consistent relationships that we're building with our target audience so that they can get to know us, like us, and trust us so that if they do need content, they will, they will look to us for that. Um, and that's, where social, that's why social media is so powerful because that is where you can actually do that. That's where you can provide. And you providing all of that, um, you know, valuable content to them over a period of time helps them to get to know you, and then they can determine whether or not they like you, and then if they, then they'll eventually trust you to do business with you. So um, that is definitely something I did not learn is the the importance of relationship building and the importance of knowing your customers so well that all you're really doing is bridging the gap between what they want and what you have if what you have can solve their problem. That's marketing. That's sales. That's getting the business, and then it's a win-win for everybody. Oh, I like that. Knowing your audiences so well that you provide the bridge of the gap. You, How did you say that? You, you provide you, the you, bridge. You, you're, yeah, you're just, you're just the bridge to help them get what it is they want through your product or service. So you're, you're just building that bridge. To, to help them get what they want. They already know what they want, but they may not know that you have what they want. So in you building that relationship with them and getting in front of them where they are, whether that's Facebook, LinkedIn, TikTok, Clubhouse, podcast, whatever that is, you getting in front of them and, and providing that solution to the problem that they're having is bridging that gap so that they will eventually come to you and use your product or buy your, buy your product, use your service. Then it's a win-win for all parties. 
I love it. I love it. Sales. I love it. Okay, so now you have a free guide. Pardon me, a free guide and a free, a complimentary, because I like to complimentary is a much better, much better term because it's it, it's got that value in it, right? It's a complimentary guide and a complimentary checklist that yeah. you have on your website. So tell my audience a little bit about that. Yeah, so the, as I was mentioning earlier about the freebies and being able to control your list and so forth, so we, we do have a checklist of um, uh, just over the years from blogging, what, what works and things that you, you should just pay attention to as you are blogging. And then the guide just goes through exactly what we do for our customers to get them results. So it's just a, you know, a free checklist and a guide of what we do to get results for our customers that you can download for free and, um, you know, use it. I love it. I love it. See, that's that's marketing right there at its best, right? <laughs> Complimentary <laughs> yeah, download. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And then just showing up where your customers are. It's really um, that simple. Just being where your customers are consistently and providing as much value as you can. But you can only provide value when you know them. I I, I get you. I get you because you have to know what it is they want. So you can exactly. provide content exactly. all day long, but if it's not what they yes. want, then it's of no value to them. Absolutely. It's funny because I, um, I was on a podcast yesterday and they were asking, well, what if you don't know what they want? And one of the, one of the um, great ways to find out what they want that doesn't take much time is, to me, Facebook groups are huge because um, there's Facebook groups for everything. And you could be a fly on the wall in some of these Facebook groups by just going in there for 10, 20 minutes a day and listening to what your target audience wants. Like, for example, we, we service banks. So, you know, they'll target first-time home buyers, And oftentimes I'll tell them to, you know, get somebody on the team to join, you know, a first-time homebuyer Facebook group. There's tons of them. And just be a fly on the wall. Just sit in there for 10, 20 minutes per day and listen to what people are talking about. And over time, you're going to start seeing patterns. What are, what, you're going to start seeing people asking the same types of questions, having the same kinds of problems, want to clear up certain misconceptions, have the same kind of pain points. And that is your content right there. Then you just tie that in with, what are they searching for on Google? And you match that and you write content to answer those questions. Then you post that on social media and then link it to your website and they come to your website if they want to dig a little bit deeper and then subscribe. So that's a, you know, a quick marketing plan um, on how to get to know your client, write content that they want, post it on social media, and then post it on your website as well. Love it. Love it. Did you hear that? You guys have, all you gals have homework now. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you so much for being a guest on the Women Entrepreneurs Show. I want everyone to make sure that they go to the show page for today's uh, interview with Shondell Varciana. That's it. Uh, What no one told me about being a business owner. She has great content. All of the ways you can get in contact with her are there on the show page. Varcimedia.com, Shondell at Varcimedia.com for her email. We have her LinkedIn link as well as a direct link for both of those guides, the guide and the checklist on her website. So connect with her, stay connected. And, you know, read those guides, get some of those those gems of information. She's been a wonderful guest with lots and lots of wonderful content today, Shondell. Thank you so much for being on the Women Entrepreneurs Show. So welcome. It's been a blast. Thank you again for having me. Absolutely. My pleasure. All right. Well, you heard it.
start blogging. But before you start blogging, make sure you know what your audience needs, right? So you you all have homework now. All right. Thank you for tying in today on the Women Entrepreneur Show. If you're a female entrepreneur who would like to join our amazing group of ladies, please take a look at our website, womenentrepreneursextraordinaire.com. All of that is plural. So women entrepreneurs with an S, extraordinaire.com. And that'll show our different ways that you can become a member of Women Entrepreneurs Extraordinaire. If you are a wonderful, dynamic female business owner, which I know all of you are, but if you'd like to be featured on the Women Entrepreneurs Show, then by all means, reach out to us at info at womenentrepreneursextraordinaire.com or our group liaison, Kelly Cooper, at kelly at womenentrepreneursextraordinaire.com. And Shondell talked about joining groups. Well, we have a Facebook group, Women Entrepreneurs Extraordinaire. We are also on Instagram at we.extraordinaire. So follow us, join us, interact with us. We'd love to hear more about you. We'd love to know more of what's important to you and what you'd like to hear on these podcasts or this radio show, because that's what we're all about, is being the one-stop shop to support women in business and success. All right. Until next week, as I close up all of my shows, I want everyone to simply enjoy every moment. Thank you.